Good evening. My name is Darren Lapomi, a member of the faculty at the Department of Nanoengineering and Chemical Engineering program at UC San Diego. It is my pleasure to introduce Professor Ching W. Tong, the 2019 recipient of the Kyoto Prize in Advanced Science and Technology. So Professor Tong is currently a professor at the Hong Kong University of Science and Technology and an emeritus professor of chemical engineering at the University of Rochester. He was born in 1947 in British Hong Kong. He holds a BS in chemistry from the University of British Columbia and a PhD in physical chemistry from Cornell in 1975. He had a long and extraordinarily productive career at the Eastman Kodak Company between 1975 and 2006 and was at the University of Rochester from 2006 onward. He is the recipient, as we are celebrating here, of the Kyoto Prize in 2019. He is a member of the National Inventors Hall of Fame in 2018. He is the winner of the Wolf Prize in Chemistry in 2011. He was inducted into the National Academy of Engineering in 2006, and he has been a fellow of the American Physical Society since 1998 and was recently awarded a Lifetime Achievement Award from the University of Rochester. Professor Tong, congratulations and welcome to UC San Diego and the Kyoto Prize Symposium, and thanks so much for chatting with us. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. You had a remarkable career at Eastman Kodak. In the second half of the 20th century, there were large numbers of famous inventions made at places like Bell Labs, IBM, Xerox PARC, HP Labs, and of course, Eastman Kodak. These inventions really came from basic scientific discoveries. However, today you don't see this kind of productivity from industrial research labs, at least in the physical sciences. Much of the basic science seems to be outsourced to universities. Do industrial research labs still have a role to play in basic material science, or have we got the balance right between university labs and industry? What are your thoughts? Well, when I joined Eastman Kodak Company, um, uh, which was in 1975, um, the, there were Xerox, Bell Lab, IBM, they all have uh, large research labs. And uh, our choice to either go into academics or go to the bigger research labs. Uh, in terms of research, the, you know, the, we thought that uh, particularly if you want to uh, be in the industry career the, with more application in mind, you would uh, you know, go into the, uh, uh, the premier the industrial research lab. So have both applied and the fundamental the side by side. And the, the research lab, I, I, I joined at the time as 3,000 people. And that uh, they have a chemistry department, there's a physics department. Uh, and there's also a photographic uh, the engineering department uh, and motion department and so on. So I happened to join the chemistry department. So you can see that, uh, that we, we do have uh, you know, fundamental research at the time. And then I was given the freedom to say, hey, you go and make uh, organic soda cells and do whatever you can. And there will be no restrictions. And uh, so the discovery of all that uh, came out of that. Uh, today, I think the, the the situation is very different. And the, there's no Kodak research lab anymore. The Xerox research lab is probably disappearing uh, as well. And I don't know much about the IBM the, or the Bell Lab. Uh, there's no Bell Lab. 
them. So, 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 so I think that the, 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 in terms of our material research, the physical science research, the, rather than the electronic software kind, uh, the development cycle seems to take much longer times. And the industry seems just don't have the, the, the time scale or the, 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 the patience to develop new materials. So that's being pushed to the, the industry, the, in the universities or the smaller startups, the, which is spin out from the universities. So I think there's a natural progression for certain part of the uh, certain sciences. But compared to the, the artificial intelligence, the, the Google type or the, the Microsoft, I mean, that branch of information, the, the, uh, the intense kind of uh, research. And I, I, I think this, they must have a very large the, the research lab the, in, in that sector there, all right? So they may be the one replacing the IBM and the Kodak and, the, and so on. So I wouldn't say that they, they, they because they, once the company is making money, they can say that we can invest in the, 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 the more basic research, you know, so like for instance, the quantum computing, the, the AI and, the, and so on, and Google and the Facebook, the level of Facebook that Google is doing all that. So but, uh, I think it, uh, in some discipline, I think it's the right balance. The, the university is doing the, the fundamental share, uh, but also the, 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 I, I know that uh, maybe the, your research office also like to do, ask you to do uh, a translational kind of resource in the university. <laughs> and uh, so I think uh, it, it, uh, here in Asia is uh, it's even more true. I think uh, there's a, a lot of uh, universities that I think uh, are the basis of many stops as well. I, I don't know whether I answer your question, so uh, that's my view. Yeah, that's great. And there are a lot of threads that we can uh, that we can follow there. So you're a chemist and I'm a chemist and I wouldn't trade my first language for anything. But sometimes I get jealous of my colleagues who are really good in physics, computer science and electrical engineering. Uh, since your work is now perhaps most closely associated with the electronics industry, do you ever wish you had a different scientific first language or would you choose chemistry again, knowing what you know now? Well. I, 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 when I yeah, started uh, uh, my undergraduate, I, I was debating whether I should go into physics and, or chemistry. So I ended up doing physical chemistry, so it's uh, half and half. <laughs> and, and I think uh, the, the physical chemistry is it, a good boundary. The, you know, you step to the physics side, you can do the engineering. To the step to the chemistry side, you can do the material research, and uh, uh, but um, uh, I I I I don't think I would change the the what I the, the had my education as a chem as a chemist, uh, but I, I I tend to like the more in the physical side. So I felt comfortable talking to the display the experts the, in the LCD field and. Uh, uh, and I, I know the language, then I uh, uh, sometimes I even understand the circuit design and so on, and uh, you just learn from them. Uh, and uh, uh, it, I think, the, you know, the, I wish I could be deeper in all this discipline, you know, but there's only so much a human mind can do. <laughs> and uh, uh, and, uh, and uh, so, so to, to keep the answer short, yes, 
I, uh, I'm very proud to be a chemist. I would also like to be a physicist. That's very self-affirming for, for me to hear. So I, I appreciate that. Uh, why did you move from Kodak to U of R? Uh, would you have stayed if Kodak's finances were better? Oh, that is a, a, a uh, agonizing decision that I made uh, at the time uh, um, uh, because I, I was uh, uh, with Kodak uh, for 30 some years, 20, you know, 31 years. And um, uh, the decision I made to leave is really based on, I, uh, not that I don't uh, like Kodak, I work very well with my colleagues, with the management. I was valued highly, and uh, I have a very small group, maybe five people working with me. Uh, but there's a huge group in the engineering and other side of it. And uh, when I made a decision to leave, really is based on those. Uh, I want to make a change, and I want to try something different. And I happen to know somebody uh, in the U of R uh, who I work with and talk to you know, often. And uh, he encouraged me to give a try at uh, academics. And the other thing that I have not tried is uh, uh, to be working in the small startups. So I could have done either. <laughs> uh, I chose the academic side just to have a different taste and experience. And I, I think that is very, extremely rewarding. And the most uh, of it is that uh, you work with uh, much younger generations. You don't work with your colleague with your, your age and, uh, you know, and they, they seem like uh, there's a the younger mind, uh, you can have more influence on them, you know? And, uh, and, and, and that is the, 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 the satisfaction uh, in, the, in the academic side. But the writing research grant and all those, boy, I wish I want to do is completely different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I enjoy, and then I, I compare to the industry where I don't have to, uh, I don't have a net uh, to, uh, to worry about where the money coming from and, and so on. That, that, uh, that's the side that I don't like about academics. It's almost like I spend more time to write research proposal than doing research itself. Indeed, I can identify. <laughs> so, if you had to advise a young enthusiastic engineer, say coming out of a bachelor's degree program, um, to make an impact in electronic materials science, what is the best place to do that? Industry or academia or a startup, or does it depend on the person? It really depends on the person. Uh, if you, you know, if uh, if you want to just uh, in the, uh, academics, I mean, academic, uh, I would uh, I would advise my students if you want to go to academic, uh, you 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 have to deal with a a, uh, a period of time, particularly in the uh, in the first five six years where you have to go through your tenure, right? So you have to prove yourself in that six at that time. But what if you're a late boomer? You make your discovery in the seventh year. That would not come and towards your that tenure. <laughs> so I, I think you know you have to consider all that. Uh, but uh, uh, but if you are uh, really independent, 
uh, you are you are a, a good thinker and uh, you, you you're able to write uh, a good paper you know get your point very clear and uh, and also uh, enjoy teaching academic is a wonderful career uh, it's, a, it's a downside and good side the industry the, if you join a big company like I did in Kodak you almost uh, the, the, thought that uh, you would be there for life, at least at the time I joined Kodak, mm -hmm. because there's a stability associated with it. But along the side here, the, it can also make you less uh, competitive because you're so satisfied with your job. <laughs> All right. But if you work in the startup, that uh, you don't know whether your next paycheck coming from, so you have to work much harder. And uh, so, so my only experience I, I, I lack was it, uh, you know, working in the startup. So I, 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 I'm pretty sure there's a lot of exciting moments there and also like, uh, some sort of, uh, really, you know, pressure cooking, <laughs> pressure cooker moments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think it really depends on the, 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 the but I think if uh, the engineer or the scientist who actually has a, a firm uh, understanding of the basics and to be able to connect that dots, I don't think that he has to worry about, uh, uh, you know, getting a job in the right place. It's not in the right place to find the one in the in the in the in the next company. I mean, you just have to keep looking, you know. Yeah, that's great. Um, I have one one last question. See, you've worked or studied in three countries, two continents, and multiple geographic areas, uh, snow and sun and everything in between. <laughs> in what way does culture influence choices in scientific research? And you can take that question along any dimension you'd like, fundamental versus applied, science engineering, or some other axis. Well, um, did, uh, did being uh, in the like you said, in three continents, multiple countries, and hot uh, and cold weathers. Actually, I like cold weather better than hot weather. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I enjoy my five years in uh, Ithaca working with a uh, Andy Albrecht, uh, who's the, uh, just a great advisor. Um, and uh, I, I think um, what I, uh, by the way, I think uh, you, you you know that my, my wife is the, uh, non-Chinese, uh, she's Jewish. Mm -hmm. So I learned that part of the culture as well. So I, I think uh, being uh, with uh, different uh, uh, kind of uh, group of people, the Asians, Americans, black and white, yellow, and, and give you a very good perspective that this is a very diverse world, just like in science. It's extremely diverse, you know, beautiful, and also very complicated. <laughs> The human nature is very complicated and science is very complicated. So I think as a human being, the, we, we like to have the tools or have the ability to appreciate and to uh, uh, connect with all these the, the people and environments. And being in different place and different time of your life, it just gives you the amazing opportunity uh, to learn and to uh, be a better person, I guess. A wonderful note to end on. Uh, Professor Ching W. Tong, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations again on the Kyoto Prize. Thank you very much. It's very nice to talk with you. <laughs>